Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. And we're back. We're yeah. back like a boomerang. <laughs> we're making this a thing. <laughs> I'm on a mission. Back like a boomerang and KFC sponsoring this. So we have Paul Anthony, um, who is here with us. And if you're like me, you've probably been enjoying every bit of listening to yeah. him, sharing not only his experiences, but his perspectives as well. Um, so thanks for hanging out with us, yeah. uh, Paul Anthony. I've been enjoying it. I'm glad to be back. We've been talking about your experience so far. Um, in regards to the church and, um, you know, your responses and your reactions to um, some of the experiences they've taken you through, I guess, some of the hurtful experiences. Um, And I don't know if you'd be comfortable sharing this, but I I wanted to ask, uh, how has that been for your family, I guess? Um, How have they come to terms with, um, I guess, for one thing, your sexuality? Um, as a gay Christian or gay Adventist. Um, And then on top of that, how have they come to terms with, I guess, the way the church has reacted in such a hurtful way uh, towards you? Yeah, great great question. My family, and when I speak of my my family, I'm talking about my mom and my sister. I I wasn't raised around my dad a whole lot, Um, not much at all. So I can only speak about really my mom, my mom, and my sister. My mom and my sister are are deep in my corner. Like my mom, I don't know if you saw the video, the the Facebook live where she. My mom is an, a very powerful woman. After God, I th- I think only after God she is she is omnipotent. But <laughs> and she she will go to she'll go, she'll 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 fight for me and, and, she, and she has I mean all throughout my life. And so my mom and my sister, by the way, my sister as well. Um, my mom went to a pride parade before I did, and she was out there giving out mom hugs. She helped, had, she and my sister had these signs say free mom hugs for during this pride parade when people were walking down the street and they went over. She said she hugged 200 something people. Um, and you know, people were really blessed by it. Like the young people that are like, cause you know, a lot, obviously a lot of young, um, young queer people lose their families. Yeah. And it was such a blessing. And just knowing my mom was there doing that and my sister as well was like, wow, they really care. My mom also bought me this really cool. I wish I had it in front of me right now because it's really cool. She bought me this clerical stole that was rainbow color. She said, Paul, whenever you preach, I need them to know that you like two things by your by this stole, that you were called by God to be a minister and two, that you are so gay. I just need them to know <laughs> in their faces. And so my mom has been very and my sister um this situation has been very i mean has been very taxing on my family honestly mm. um we are strong in our resolves um that we're still avenist we're still christian we're not letting that be taken away but it, it has it has pained us like we, we would it would be lying to say that we weren't pained um my sister i feel like has been especially um her walk with god has been maybe i don't know especially shaken by this i I don't really know exactly i need to talk more with her in in depth about that um my mom has had a lot of frustrations with with the way we as Adventists have done things in general um recently and she's really articulated those things for for me um so i guess what has happened recently has just brought all those frustrations to a head where we just say okay we need to make a clean break with this local church and find community Mm -hmm. that's 
allow us to do that. Now, that's not to say that we're mm-hmm. trying not to be Adventist. I will always be Adventist, like through and through. Like, because again, I understand being Adventist more than just, oh, I go to church on Saturday. That's not being Adventist. There's like, there's Seventh day Baptists, there's Seventh day Pentecostals. Like, that's not being Adventist. Being Adventist is, a, is having a certain eschatological hope in the coming of Jesus Christ and everything he's doing to bring us to that glorious point. Yeah. Um, and so that's what it's about for me. So we're not trying to not be Adventist anymore, but it definitely has been a very jarring experience um, for the family. But we're we we're we're okay. We're like we're gonna get through this. It's like we're good. My father is not. He was raised ish Adventist ish. He's not really <laughs> not really Christian, but he he does seek after God. And he's he's seeking after God in his in his own way. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a lovely man. Um, and when I, when I came out to him, he was like, he, he said, I, yeah, he had, a, he had, a, uh, um, he had suspected that I was gay. Cause when I, whenever he would ask me if I was dating anyone, he, I'd be like, nah, man. And so he like expected that I was gay, but like, so I, and I said, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually gay and I'm celibate. And he was like, oh, why are you celibate? I was like, when I explained these things, he's like, well, whatever you choose to do. If anyone ever gives you trouble, celibate or not, you just see me. And he passed. <laughs> you can tell them to see me. And I was like, oh, thanks. And so, like, I've had very a lot of overwhelming support from um, from my from my my family. I am so I happy to I hear that. <laughs> yeah, immediate family. Um, and I don't know if this is <laughs> if I'm delving too much here. Has there been any? I guess pushback or challenges with maybe your wider community apart from the church maybe like with your friends or maybe even extended family or anything like that um there's been some issues with a with one family member who i won't whose identity i won't disclose um they've really struggled older generation um really have struggled to at one point she was they were really on board with like oh yeah you're gay like there's all these other like and more like even though like still maintaining a traditional biblical sex ethic, they were more on board. And she um, started listening to these um, these pastors who were saying these things that weren't side B. It's like side X, um, like X gay theology, and basically. Yeah. And so I, and I was talking with them, and I was like, "Well, I understand why you're thinking that, but remember how when I was explaining things to you, how it was cl- it was clicking. Like you need to go back to those thoughts because these thoughts right here don't work." We like we have all tried that. That doesn't work. And we're not even talking about marriage or anything. We're just talking about that way of conceiving of sexuality. It's too myopic. It's too narrow, too shallow, um, robust enough to meet the complexities of the matter at hand. And so but it's, that's one issue I've had. And I, I had to tell this person, much as I love you, is like, don't bring this up to me again. We can't talk about this if you want to go on having a relationship. But um, really, I haven't had terribly many people, any people who have become problematic weren't people that i was super gonna vi- i was vibing with anyways they weren't like super deep in my life and so i thank god that i've been i've i've been spared that pain i've, I've been greatly spared the pain of potentially losing those relationships i am just reflecting on my own experience and especially with my mom um it's interesting when we started this journey when i first came out years ago and where we are today and how much we've grown together Mm-hmm. I don't know whether she's in the same place theologically that I am. Um, mm-hmm. We do talk about it, but we don't really get into like the theology of it. We just, yeah. know, she's, 
she's super happy about Dan and I getting married. You know, she can't wait for the boards to open so they can all fly over um, for the wedding. Um, and we've literally just bought an apartment together. And yeah, she's again over the moon about that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's so interesting how much we've grown since yes. I came out to where we are today. Mm. Um, and it's even more interesting because um, I'm an Islander, so I'm from the islands, and so there's that cultural side of things as well. Um, so in the islands, we don't... <laughs> it's funny, because mm. even if you're a heterosexual couple, um, PDA, totally out the way, you know, mm. not even something that people do. Um, so when really? it comes to, um, you know, homosexuality or any other um, type of sexuality. It's something that we just don't, I guess, discuss openly mm, okay. um, or even recognize. A lot of times they just go, oh, it's just a phase. Um, <laughs> uh, so that lasts your whole lifetime. <laughs> yeah. So those are some of the, I guess, the unique challenges that I have as um, not only a gay Adventist, but a gay Islander is speaking mm. to my own culture um, and being able to connect with them and educate them and provide maybe some answers or perspectives that aren't really talked about at the moment. Um, with you specifically, um, not only as an Adventist, but you're out there in the South, um, as I guess an African American. How does that then work out in, in that community? Are there any unique challenges there? Or... Oh, sweetie, yeah. yes. <laughs> there, homophobia in the black community is, it's, a, it's, it's very pervasive, <laughs> um, which is why when I was a little boy and I noticed I was doing things that were gay, um, I very quickly learned, because I went to all black school, I wasn't, most of everyone I knew growing up was black for until like eighth grade. So I learned certain ways like, oh, you're not supposed to be expressive or quote unquote effeminate. Um, You're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to like feel deeply about your guy friends. It's supposed to be a bro-y, what I call bro-y connection at best. Like, like, you know, the three pats on the back. Oh my gosh, stop (laughs) patting me on the back. Oh my God, <laughs> it's hugging and me. Um, and you know, all those things I learned, that's the way you're supposed to carry yourself. You're supposed to dress a certain way. You, you speak a certain way. Um, but yeah, growing up in the South, which is a very Christian part of the country, you know, at least nominally, um, or at least culturally. And then, you know, growing up in the black Christian South, um, and then growing up in the black Adventist Christian South, you know, yeah. All these different yeah. layers, it, it, you know, you have varying levels of you know conservatism and um, homophobia coming from you know race, you know the racial trauma, the, the trauma that Black people have suffered, our you know our, our traumas with having been sexually abused and so forth. Um, yeah, that definitely, I've definitely felt that. Um, so being Black and gay, it's like a double whammy. You have a double target on you. Mm, yeah. I have a double target on myself on me and it, it, it can be very it can be challenging it can be challenging and tiring because mm-hmm. now you have to deal you have to deal with oh not only am i gay but i'm black so black lives matter and queer lives matter oh all lives matter okay so black <laughs> lives matter and queer lives matter yeah <laughs> yeah the idiocy at all but 
so yeah, I definitely have to deal with with multiple uh, multiple identities and how and those things intersecting, and it can be very challenging. It gets very tiring to have to like mm-hmm. have. On the one hand, you're you're having these conversations with with white people about well, racism is still there, and it's you know part of your 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 cultural background, and then you have the the conversation with with the streets it's like yes homophobia is part of your background it's it's bred into being it's bred into heterosexuality this thing called heterosexuality so having those conversations and you have to explain things it can be very tiring it can like pull you in two directions honestly yeah yeah no absolutely um it's funny growing up uh and i think i mentioned this in, in one of our earlier episodes um where growing up in fiji and not having another, I guess, Fijian gay couple or gay Christian couple um, to look at and to go, oh, okay, that's how, you know, this whole thing works out. Um, It was probably one of the biggest challenges Mm. because when we first started seeing um, gay people in general, it was usually on TV and they were almost always white. Um, So it it then became a white people thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and, and and so yeah. Now there there is that you know there is the thing that yes I am gay and yes I am also an islander, and you can be both, and do, I mean you've obviously been able to connect um, I believe with other gay Christians, but do you think there is still a lot more that needs to be done or a lot more I guess. Um, gay voices, especially from um, your groups of people who are people of color, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly. And in, in, in the United States, and Adventism in the United States, at least on the east side of the country, we still have divisions. On, we have divisions in, in the, uh, the conferences over race lines. Um, you know, we have the mm. black conferences and the white conferences. And, um, which I, I don't, I don't have in this climate, I don't really have a problem with because otherwise white people would have the upper hand and black people wouldn't be able to say, do anything. But to a certain extent, the fact that we still have the kind of toxic, the, the racism that makes it so that we still have to have those distinctions. I think that the presence of that racism, which requires that system still r- makes it so it makes it harder for us to get to other matters like, um, like homosexuality and how do we and, and, and dealing with um, LGBT plus inclusion inclusion in the church. So because we don't deal with racism, um, we're not we're not able to deal with with queerness because honestly, you know, they have a lot of a lot of overlap. The issues um, yeah. for both overlap. So yeah, there's a lot there's a lot that needs to be done, and it, honest, it just starts with having with. Well, it starts. It, 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 things can be solved in, in a couple of ways. First off, things need to be changed at the institutional level. Policies need to be adopted, point blank, and just say this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. We don't stand for this. Even if you don't feel like you have a heart change, it doesn't matter. We're not going to stand for this, and we'll have it at a policy mm-hmm. level. So at least we can have, if queer people or you know anyone is being um, are are being persecuted or discriminated against, they can appeal to this you know thing. But we don't yeah. have anything like that. We don't have a system of appeals. Yeah. Um, um, and then, furthermore, what we need to do is have is have conversations. We need to have conversation, and that sounds really like oh, we need to have conversations. That sounds very like cutesy, but like we don't do those things. So it, it, it's cliche, mm. but mm. we don't do it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. We, we it's not that hard, honestly. I tell I tell pastors all the time, like Paul, what do we do? 
just invite a gay person to your church and don't worry. About <laughs> yeah. don't, literally, don't worry about their celibate or not. Like, yeah, just let them come and talk. Like, yeah. honestly, my professor at seminary, he don't had be concerned that they're going to convert people. They're so concerned with that. Just let them come to your church and speak. People are already going to like. I'm tell, I tell people all the time. Like, there's probably never going to be ever a time that there's ever going to be a consensus on this matter or any other theological matter. What we need to do is recognize. Okay, there. Even if we don't we don't agree on this matter on certain aspects, there are bigger issues that need to be dealt with. Queer yeah. people dying at disproportionately higher rates, committing suicide, getting kicked out of their houses, being yeah. threatened with you know you can't have this out of the fifth if if you don't you know get out of this relationship with this person or if you, we won't give you this love or we'll neglect you or abuse you if you call yourself gay or whatever. We need to deal with that. That is just as much a theological issue, but we don't know how to get to that because we're so yeah. focused on this one aspect of theology that we're. Mm. Yeah. It's like looking at a building and saying the building is one brick. No, the building is the is the, is the conglomeration yeah. of all the different materials. And we're not focusing on all those other aspects, all those other bricks that I think are, you know, just as important. So I think that if we have, I think if we start having conversation, if we, you know, demand that there are policies made that protect what queer people say or, or queer people's interactions in our denomination. And, um, and then if we um, start having the heart-to-heart -heart conversations i think that we can see some really positive um some positive changes and mm -hmm. I, I really i really want to i really want to see that i'm, I'm been working on a letter for several months to the nad um i don't know when i'm going to do it but basically like saying okay here's what our policy says here's been my experience as a side mm -hmm. b person let alone a side a person yeah. This is what our policy says. Our pastors aren't doing this. What yeah. are you going to do about that? Here's some suggestions. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it wouldn't be that hard to become a welcoming church. I think for me, um, listening to you, I, I can hear your, your passion for people and, um, and I guess uh, for equal rights and people to be respected and heard and and I think, um, as we've talked about, you do come from a, um, you know, a black background, a black culture. Um, you are a queer person and you're living in the South. And so you've seen a lot of that, um, I guess, that racism, that homophobia just coming through in the culture. So I'm sure that has certainly, um, I guess, a little bit of a fire underneath you to, to stand up for people's rights. But do you also believe that your Christianity has, I guess, um, a little bit of a fire for you to stand up for people's rights? Do you believe that it's actually a responsibility that Christians have to stand up for human rights? Or do you believe that that's just a social issue? Yeah, I, mercy, gosh, he has. <laughs> Oh man, Paul, don't say this as strongly. No, say it as strongly as you want. <laughs> I believe if you aren't standing up for social matters, you're not a Christian. Let's say that. Amen. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to take it back. I'm not going to qualify it. You may not Amen. know any better. You, people may not know any better, but to be Christian requires that. First off, I don't even like making. I don't even like making distinctions. I think the fact that there's even a that there even is a term social justice when it comes in Christianity is problematic in and of itself because Christ. Mm, yeah. Saying, oh, here's here's my personal piety. Here's social justice. Here's what we do in the church. Here's no. It's like Jesus lived a life of justice. He 
justice is it's about my personal piety. It's about social piety, ecclesiastical piety, all health piety. I mean, just all these different things. Like I don't, I try very much like to, um, I think that the Western theological tradition has taught us Westerners to think in very fractured kind of ways where you have theo theologos over here, theopraxis over here. And so you have this divide between people who are the super, the super conservatives will be more, you know, more conservative faction of the church will be more, will lean more toward theologos, focusing on the word, the, the, mm. the theology proper, if you want to call it that. And then the other side will focus on, you know, the more progressive side, the extreme side will focus on the more theopraxis, which is very, sometimes very weak on the word, but has all these actions, but without a strong emphasis on the mm. word. Mm. And it's like, well, why don't we just like kind of, blend this in what I was yeah. reading one day. Um there's this Korean um Korean theologian um who wrote this book on Theo Dao, this Theo way, you know, getting back to Christianity at the at its inception, how it was called the way. It was a way it was a life. Mm. It wasn't there weren't these strong distinctions of, oh, here's how I here's my practical living and here's my theological living. My life. it's like no, these it's all one thing. And so for me, I think that, you know, to be Christian is to be holistically minded about justice. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say amen to all of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and if people unsubscribe, well. Oh, well. That is so true, though. Um, speaking of queer Christians and just, yeah. LGBTQI Christians in general. If there's someone listening right now who's sort of going, I don't know how to accept who I am. Yes. Because I can't even relate to people who I see out there in the community who are part mm. of my community. Um, what would be your advice to them? Like where, where would they even start to begin that journey? Where I would start is God is love. And just think about the scripture that says, oh, what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. I want every queer person to know, like I've tried to, I, I, I want to say this so well, but maybe I'll never be able to say it strongly enough. So I just hope that people can maybe hear my pauses and my taking time to say this, that I really mean this and I really want them to hear this. God looks at you and sees a daughter or a son, his own daughter or son. You have immense value. God loves you for everything that you are. You are the total, totality of all the things you are, whether good or bad, whatever, whatever, however you look at those identities, whatever, like you are beautiful exactly as you are. Know that Christ came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And because as he says, because he lives, you will live. Christ wants to give you life, a full life, and you can't experience that life if you let the narratives that the world has told you to accept about yourself as being true. And it's hard to get out of that rut of thinking in those ways because we've been told to think that way about ourselves. But just know that God loves you as a gay person, as a lesbian, as a bisexual, pansexual, asexual, transsexual. What else am I missing? God loves you as that. Not despite that. Not... He loves you as that. 
Um, so I would tell that person, that queer person who's struggling is like, go and find those scriptures in the Bible where it says how he loves us no matter what and God is love and really focus on like, listen, let your father speak those words into your life instead of letting the father of this world, the father of lies, speak his lies into your life. Queer people are great and God loves queer people. So you don't have to walk around with shame. You're beautiful as you are. I have been, I've just been so blessed by um, these last few episodes that, that we've been recording with you and, and, and thank you so much for all the time that you have you have spent with us. It, it, I yeah, I've been really blessed, and I, I really hope our listeners have been blessed also. How do people find you? Oh, um, oh gosh, I'm so and, and I don't mean your home address, maybe. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll get that yeah, afterwards because right. we need to try try that chicken. But. Yeah, if they want that. I can't help them there because that might be a different <laughs> desire. And anyways, um, so. <laughs> If you want to find me, I'm literally looking at my, so I'm on Instagram. I'm Paul hyphen Anthony. That's the name of my profile or whatever. But <laughs> um, anyway, so you can find me there. I'm on Facebook, um, Paul hyphen Anthony Turner. I have a YouTube channel called Paul hyphen Anthony. Uh, Paul Anthony is a combination of my first and middle names if you're wondering why it's that. Um, but yeah, you can hit me up there. Um, if you have any questions, I might do a video on it or cover your question because um, I like to actually give, I like to actually respond to the things that people um, ask me or the comments they say. So yeah, feel free to hit me up. Um, yeah, love to hear from you. Well, we've been so blessed. Thank you so much for making time for us. Mm. And I can only pray and I know that God has great things in store for you mm. um, and for the rest of the queer community as well. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.